When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Divine timing is one of the most precious gifts the universe can offer us. And today's interview was definitely orchestrated by someone upstairs. The past couple of weeks have been so busy for me, cramming in work, overcommitting socially, struggling to use the word no, you know, the usual stuff. And if I'm completely honest with you, more than often, I flounder, lose my center. We all do it. It's so easy to do. But what would the cost be if we were to just slow down, breathe, and center ourselves? What magic could we create if we could just take the time to listen to our body and tune in? Today I chat to my beautiful friend, Connie Chapman, about just that. Connie is a life coach, podcast host, speaker, and writer, helping soul-centered women and men discover a new way of living their lives, one that is guided by their hearts, fueled by their intuition, and filled with the things that they love. Connie and I got a chance to practice the very things we talk about during this episode when our original conversation recorded six hours earlier, was infiltrated by some techie glitch and was lost to the internet. As I mentioned before, divine timing was at play. Not only did we uncover some extra pearly pieces of wisdom in the second interview, but as I was freaking out over lost material and having to ask a guest to record the same interview twice, I also managed to slow down, tune in, and move forward. This interview goes deep and offers you practical tips that you can start using today. It actually feels like a little bit of a mini life coaching session, but for free. So make the most of it. I suggest a comfy spot on the couch with a cup of your favorite tea as you slow down and tune in to my conversation with Connie Chapman. preface this interview by saying that <laughs> Connie and I recorded a very similar interview a few hours ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm. technology got the better of me and the recording fell out halfway through so I just want to say thank you so much for joining me twice in one day 
Oh, it is an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you again. How nice. <laughs> uh, we're going to try not to have the same conversation again mm. um, because I do want it to sound, um, well, I don't want it to just sound, I want it to be really organic. So let's see how we go. Let's explore some new topics. But what, Interesting. We, will, <laughs> what we will do is I'll just get you to perhaps give a little bit of a background on who Connie Chapman is for any listeners that aren't familiar with your work. Hmm. Connie Chapman. She is, well, I am, I won't talk in the third person. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I'm a life coach. I work one-on-one with people through my coaching practice from all over the world. And I've been doing that for the past six years. Um, Men and women, lots of different age groups on all beautiful things that we explore together. So one-on-one coaching has been a huge part of my work and my, and my business, but I also, I run a podcast, I run uh, online courses and workshops and uh, live events as well. So I do a whole range of things with really with the intention of supporting people to get to know themselves in a deeper way to really look within themselves to create inner change and connect with their heart and their intuition and live their life guided by love rather than fear and their limitations, which a lot of us tend to do. And it's been really reflective of my own journey. I think a lot of what I teach in my work these days is it's a combination of, yes, what I studied when I became a life coach, but so much of just what I practice in my own life and what's really helped me over the years. And I really love sharing the principles and practices that have helped me with, with other people. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I know um, from my perspective, when I am working with someone, if they've been through the experience themselves Mm -hmm. that they're trying to teach the lessons of, I find it so much more helpful but also authentic it's relatable rather than just sort of like having um, a list of things to do or not do when they haven't themselves been through the experience 100 percent. I think these days with so many people in I know in our industry there's a lot of people but in any industry these days you know online business is is quite saturated I think really what is setting people apart is that authenticity and it's the the realness and we're seeing that in social media that people are becoming a lot more transparent well in some in some industries with their with their lives with their challenges with their learnings and that's how we create connection with our audience i believe and and that's what makes me feel really drawn to a teacher or a guide not because they're perfect but because as you said they're so relatable mm. and i feel like they have gone through the trenches of their own inner work to become the person that they are so they know firsthand um what i'm going through and they've got that real life experience behind them from and that's the space they're teaching from to other people you know I um was originally drawn to your work before we were friends um Mm -hmm. after listening to your podcast series Awaken Radio um -hmm. and I found that the topics that you were discussing at the time which would have been what like three-ish years ago is that when you came across it three years ago I think so has it been around that long It has, yeah. Yeah, it was early days. It was definitely early days. But I really resonated with it because I felt like everyone you were interviewing and everything you were talking about was coming from the center of you. It was Mm -hmm. something that you had been authentically experiencing. So 
I mean, three years ago, that was well before podcast time. How did Awaken Radio become the podcast that it is today? Mm, very intuitively and very naturally. It's interesting as you, what you were talking about in terms of what you were experiencing listening to the podcast, I think part of my intention was to bring on people in my life that were my friends at the time, but were also mentors, people that, that inspired me and almost just like record like a coffee chat we would have or, mm. you know, an inspirational conversation, which is very often how my my conversations are these days with my friends and almost have someone get to be able to eavesdrop in that was sort of the feeling I wanted to create with it and it started off really novicey and amateurish to be honest I had been running this online course and had been hosting these live calls every week and when the when the course ended I really missed just being able to express through audio and and connect with people and, and share my messages. So I did some Googling online and I found this platform called Blog Talk Radio, which is an American platform where you can host live radio shows, which is why the show is called Awaken Radio. It was meant to be a radio show. And um, it was, look, it was pretty clumsy and really unprofessional and I'd get on on air sometimes live and my guests couldn't log on and it was just a bit of a mess. So I was doing that actually for about a year, I think even 18 months on that platform and then the rise of podcasting began and I started looking to all these people who had these professional podcasts and they're all hosted on these platforms and I was like, oh, I think <laughs> this on. is what I, I think this is what I need to do. Um and I was like, oh, maybe this thing is, is a podcast. I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, maybe Awaken Radio is a podcast. Oh, that's where we're going. So it was very much just really following my joy, like following what inspired and excited me, which was talking to my friends and sharing messages through audio. And I think when you just follow what excites you and inspires you, it sort of just morphs into this um, really sometimes very strategic and smart business tool. Like I think business can be really, can work that way. And it's now become a really successful podcast, which I'm, I'm thrilled about. Yeah, it's awesome. It's funny. I really like the idea, as scary as it is, of live radio because, mm. um, you know, you and I were talking the other day and I, <laughs> I was saying to you um, how some interviews that I do for the podcast, I heavily edit. Which <laughs> you were saying that, yes. Which Did you want you to say that on this show? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I mean, I never take away from what people are saying, but sometimes I like to take out really long pauses or just make the listening experience um, a little easier on people, I guess. But at the same time, I think there's something really beautiful about listening to something as it happens and as it evolves, mm. um, which we kind of miss when we're editing and pre-recording and re-recording and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, but there's a real balance, isn't there, between being in the flow but then wanting to create something in your business that does feel polished and professional and that you're proud of. And I, I try to, you obviously strike the balance on your podcast too, and I try to where there's a mixture between structure and planning, but then a whole lot of flow and feeling, you know, and I think really trusting yourself with those types of decisions is really beautiful. And I guess we're seeing the rise of things like live video, like Facebook Live and now Instagram Live, which it's interesting to to, to notice the level of vulnerability that arises on those platforms. I did a Facebook Live yesterday 
And I was like so nervous the whole time because you're so visible, you know. So many of us have these fears of being seen. And when you're live, whether you're standing in front of people, live on air, live on Facebook, you're so visible, you're so seen, you're so exposed and so vulnerable and you can't edit or put a filter on that or trim (laughs) the arm out of that. Like you're fully seen. And surprisingly, that's what people are wanting to see these days. Yeah, I haven't I haven't ventured into live territory yet. Mm, it's mm. an interesting new territory. It's something quite safe about being behind the podcast mic versus the uh, Facebook there? mic. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, there's, there's, there's something especially about visuals and I, I guess it mm. comes back to, you know, self-esteem and stuff like that. But this, I don't know, I feel like podcast, there's a little bit of a veil still on it. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it gives guests the freedom to express themselves better. I find, because I mean, I do it all over Skype. I don't know. Do you ever do it in person? No, I never have. And I think I would have the same vulnerability fear arise and it would probably ruin the episode. Uh, It wouldn't. I think so too. I think also guests feel very comfortable when they're in their own home or their own office Mm. space. It kind of calms them down a little bit as well. Absolutely. And I actually find it easier to be present when I'm just on audio with someone versus if I'm in person or doing a video. Yeah. I did a, I did a podcast the other day actually um, for someone else and they wanted the video on because they also record visual for the yeah. blog. And I found it really uncomfortable having to watch them and watch myself because you can't help but watch yourself (laughs) while still trying to concentrate on what we were talking about. It was really Mm. distracting. Yes, I absolutely agree. And when you do Facebook Live, the thing that's so challenging is you you can see who's watching you and you can see how many people are watching you and people are leaving comments and the comments and they're popping up on the screen while you're talking. Yeah. So it's actually very difficult to be present and I, when I'm talking on there all I can think is like there could be like thousands of people able to see this and I can't polish it or edit it at all. Like they're seeing the real me in this moment and it's I think a lot of people hold back in business particularly um, and they're holding back their business out of the fear of being that, that visible and that fully seen. But I really think it is the space we're being called to go into as teachers and guides for others these days. Yeah, interesting. So having done Facebook Live yesterday, what did you take from it that you perhaps didn't expect? Interesting question. Um You know, I think maybe I did expect to experience this, but I think things are always worse in your head. You know how terrified you can make yourself when you build something up in your head? Yeah. And then when you do it, there's such a freedom that comes when you experience what it feels like to no longer be ruled by your own limitation. I really love that feeling when I break through something where I previously thought I couldn't do it or... Um, it was too scary or too uncomfortable and I watch myself do it it's like oh I love the feeling of freedom and expansion that comes after that so I guess and then the other thing is watching it back it's funny how you always sound worse in your own head Mm. and then I watched it back and I was like oh that was actually okay like I thought I was rambling all over the place yeah but I watched it and I was like Oh, con, that was surprisingly good. Well done. <laughs> pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Little pat on the back for you. Um, 
So I think that, that it's encouraging for me when I find those areas where I either think that I stuff something up or I'm going to stuff it up to push yourself into it anyway and it's actually never as bad as you think it's going to be yeah I guess it can be likened to you know being on stage doing a public speaking gig but I guess I guess a little less preparations involved maybe well I don't know I guess some people really prep for Facebook live I'm gonna have to try it some look some people do it is much scarier when you don't have a prep I mean I hopped on yesterday with a rough idea of what I want to talk about but you know, I definitely if I'd prepared for it, it would have would have gone a little bit differently. But, I, you know, again, it's really nice to jump on something in the flow and trust yourself enough to just be in the present and see what's going to flow through in the moment, you know, just like we are now. That's, that's where you really tap into a deeper part of yourself and you can really let some of the the good juicy stuff flow through you um i think when you're in your head you just everything's so pre-planned that it, it can be a bit surface i find so your big point of focus at the moment is all about slowing down mm. and it's interesting because after our original call today <laughs> when i got off and began to edit the episode and realized that the middle of it was missing well actually you were missing it was just me talking to myself it was quite funny I should probably air it one day I sound crazy Um, (laughs) but I went into panic mode um, and I could feel myself becoming more and more disconnected because I needed to fix the problem. All of the things that I had to do were getting pushed back for the day. You know, I was kind of sending myself a little bit crazy. Um, And because we'd had the conversation about slowing down, I managed to stop myself, ground Mm -hmm. myself and recenter. So I'd love for you to explain to the listeners um, what you mean by slowing down and how you're encouraging people to do it. Mm. There's so many facets to slowing down, but I just really want to touch on your point because what was so powerful about what you just went through, and this is part of what I teach, is that that when we get really stuck up in the head, those thoughts and that reaction will really start to take us over. And we're all experiencing that all the time. It doesn't always have to be the same reaction you're having, but we're going through our days with the external world bringing things, throwing things at us, And when we're in our head, we're just constantly having these different reactions to things that are are happening. And what's really powerful and how we actually create change in ourselves is to be able to witness and observe what's going on and create some space around the inner dialogue or the emotional reaction and to be able to step back, center ourselves just like you did, have a toolkit of practices that help us find, find our grounding again, find our sense of self, find our inner calmness and usually from there this different perspective starts to flow through just like what you had which is it's all going to be okay don't worry I'm sure everything's happening for a reason and and I'm sure the second conversation we have is probably even going to be better and I'm still going to have plenty of time to get everything done don't even worry about it and so when we're stuck in our heads sometimes we can't access that more calming reassuring voice because we're so caught in the thinking And slowing down allows that process to happen. It allows us just moments to to pause, to breathe, to come out of our heads, drop into our bodies a little bit more, 
and listen for some inner wisdom that typically flows from deeper from within us. So our, our deeper loving wisdom really flows from our body and our heart. It doesn't, mm. it's not that fast paced noise that you hear in your head. That's just your mind, which is often just a lot of repeated thoughts or thoughts that are rising from the subconscious mind that usually aren't super supportive. But to access your deeper wisdom, and this is why I encourage people to slow down, you've got to have the inner space and it arises from within you, that encouraging, supportive, loving, gentle inner talk. So by slowing down, we we get access to that. We can also find calmness. We can find grounding. We can find perspective. We can process an emotion that arises and kind of hold space for it and feel into it and be like, oh, I'm feeling this as a result of what happened. Let me just breathe into that for a few moments and then recenter. So having space within ourselves allows us to do that. Slowing down allows us to do that. And in general, it just means that we can be more connected to that deeper, deeper part of ourselves as well as we're moving through our lives and our days. So you know, as we were touching on before about being kind of intuitively guided to things, um, we can be living more in the flow and more surrendered. We don't have to be planning and controlling everything because we're just more in tune with how we're feeling and we're following kind of the inner impulses that are arising rather than our mind's agenda and plan. Yeah, and I guess a massive part of that and something that I know a lot of people struggle with is is the trust side of it. So Mm -hmm. trusting in yourself and trusting in the flow and trusting that by taking the time to recenter and ground and slowing down the pace that you will eventually arrive at the destination that you're in such a hurry to get to. Yes, it is a huge, um, a huge thing. I was reflecting the other day on why it is that we don't trust ourselves. I was actually talking to a coaching client about it and particularly why we don't trust our inner instincts, our inner feelings, because as you, as you noticed, we always have these two voices speaking to us. We either have the voice that's telling us speed up, push harder, get more done. You don't have time to slow down. Like you're going to get it done. If you do slow down, everything's going to fall apart, whatever it's saying. And then we have that loving inner wisdom, you know, as I, as I was mentioning. And I feel like when we were younger as children, we were really plugged in and connected to that inner instinct. You know, you watch a child, they're just following that inner feeling. They're like, oh, there's a leaf. I'm going to look at that. Oh, there's a piece of chocolate. I'm going to go eat that. They just like follow the impulse. And so as, as children, we're super connected to it. We're super intuitive. And then at some point in our lives, an adult comes along and gives us feedback that contradicts our own inner instinct. So we might be you know, feeling, we might see that piece of chocolate and be like, oh, yay, I feel like that. I'm going to have it. And then mom comes along and smacks your hand and says, no, you can't have that chocolate. And then as a kid, we start to get confused. We're like, hang on, it felt really good to me. It felt right to me, but someone else told me it was wrong. And so now I'm confused. And at some point, we, we, we continue ex- to experience this and then eventually start to learn, well, this person's love, whether it's my teacher, my mom or dad, is so important that I'm going to override my own inner guidance in order to be what they want me to be. And we start following external guidance rather than our inner guidance. 
we learn this over the years. And so then women come to this kind of awakening journey and they want to know how to trust themselves, but they're terrified they're going to do something wrong or they're going to make a mistake or someone else isn't going to like it or love it. So the way we build that trust is through is through practice. It's any relationship. Any relationship strengthens over time of using it. So you sort of have to start to, to practice the muscle and practice. I don't know what I meant with that, but you just have to practice. So no, you're, you, you're right. I, I mean, I, I was going to say it myself. I think that trust and when it comes to trusting yourself, it takes practice because what happens when you trust yourself is it all kind of it all kind of, all the pieces kind of start to fit together again and things start to flow and once you notice that that's what happens as a result of trusting mm. you're more trusting of the trusting if that makes sense mm. yeah and even start with really small decisions that don't carry huge amounts of weight um like aren't you know big sort of money-based or or um, relationship-based kind of decisions but you might simply start with I want to learn how to trust my body when it comes to making food choices or trust myself with food and so you might start that process of when you're choosing something to eat or maybe choosing how you want to move your body you might ask yourself how does my body feel to move today or what is my body saying it really wants to eat now that might contradict what your mind says you should do So your body might say, I just really want to do some yoga stretching. And your mind might say, well, that's not burning many calories. You should really go for a run. Mm. But if you you learn how to say, no, I'm going to trust what I feel. I'm going to trust what my body's telling me. And then you practice that and then you get the good feelings that come from it, the reward. Then, yeah, you start to strengthen that that trust through, um, through experience and through gaining the evidence that nothing bad actually happened from doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like you said before, you get it's it's the fear of not knowing. But if you can if you can trust into it and know that nothing that bad is gonna happen, just like Facebook Live. Mm. Yeah. And also learn how to witness the stories as well. Like isn't it funny how the mind says this bad thing's gonna happen? Like you're gonna get on Facebook Live and you're gonna freeze. And then we just automatically believe that story. Mm. I think one of my favorite things to help women do is wake up from the stories that are convincing us we can't do things or that bad things are going to happen. And just like you did earlier, challenge that thought pattern and see if you can bring in a different perspective, you know, rather than always just um, believing what the mind's telling you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I... I've had this conversation with my mum several times. There were things that didn't happen quite as I remembered them properly as a child. Mm. And I would keep retelling the story, even if it was just, you know, like a little excursion that happened and I remembered it slightly differently. And then over the years, as I tell the story, the story changes a little bit until I get to an adult and I have this completely different new story of the series of events but I believe it so wholeheartedly as if that's exactly how it happened. Um, Mm. And it's actually happened a few times that I've spoken to mum about it. And I was only just talking to her about the other day how often we do that with our own internal stories that we tell ourselves about how we should feel in a situation or react to a situation or how a situation is going to turn out. Mm. when really we've just made the whole thing up in our head because we've told it so often it feels true. 
Oh my goodness, absolutely. I love that you said that. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the stories, but it's also then the meaning we create about them. And that's where yeah. stories can be really unsupportive. If you've got this story that you're telling and you make it mean something about you, like you're not good enough, and you're super attached to that story and you keep telling it over and over, uh, it's really going to hold you back. And I love that you shared that because we actually have the ability to write new stories mm. and we actually can choose what we want to believe about ourselves and what we want to tell ourselves and what we want to make things mean about us. And that's when we really step into our power and things can start to change. I love that. I've actually just started a practice in the last few months of rewriting certain stories in my life. Oh, so good. Yeah, and actually writing them out, which is really powerful. So I rewrote my money story maybe about three months ago now. And I have to say, unless it was just some divine coincidence, <laughs> <laughs> which it always is in a way, I, um, I have completely changed my money story in the last few months. Mm. And, you know, I'm in the process of doing the same thing with relationships because I think, you know, when you get to your early 30s, mid 30s, we have so much experience that we put mm. down to, oh, it's just like that because... Mm. And we we have the ability and the innate wisdom to rewrite every single story we think that we're tied to. Mm, absolutely. That's so powerful. Um, in regards to your money story, what was so powerful, I think, about uh, shifting the story you're telling is that your vibration changes. I love teaching people about energy work. And this is a big part of the slowing down and tuning in process because we've all got way too much emphasis on action and not on how we're feeling as we're taking the action, not on how we're feeling energetically and what message we're sending out into the world. Because with money, for example, you could be doing all the right things with your accountant and your investments and whatever, but if your whole energy is radiating a feeling of lack or struggle or unworthiness, you're going to sabotage all of that. So I really love encouraging people with this slow down tune in process to be much more aware of how they're feeling. Mm. And, and your feeling is such an indicator of what you're thinking, really. And um, until we're really dropping back into the body and paying attention, building a lot of self-awareness for what's going on with us, um, our reactions, our emotions, our feelings, we're not really going to know where our mindset's at, you know, if something's working for us or not because we're, we're completely disconnected from that part of ourselves that's saying, hey, this doesn't really feel good. And that's our moment to be like, oh, well, what am I telling myself then if that doesn't feel good? So in rewriting your money story, you've shifted your energy around money. That then opens up your energy field to abundance. You've come into alignment with something different now, a different reality. And that's where I think rewriting our stories is really powerful because it shifts how we feel about things in our life. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think it's a really important point. You know, we talk a lot about um, energy and vibrations at Lunar Nights. And of course, you know, it's around the new moon and we're trying to bring good stuff into our lives and set new intentions. But what is really important that I make very clear to people is just as easy as it is to bring good things into our life by shifting our vibrations, it's just as easy to bring the negative stuff in by staying in our old patterns. Mm. Yeah. And I think that there's not enough 
focus on that because I think, you know, like we said before, people feel stuck and like it's not something that they can rewrite. But the power that we have to create the future that we want is just as easy to erase the past that we don't want. Mm. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't really love diving into the uncomfortable stuff. We'd Mm. sort of rather skip ahead to, you know, this is why law of attraction became so big. Everyone's like, yay, positivity, affirmations, send out (laughs) positive vibes and I'm going to have a great life. But I love to teach people to come into the discomfort. There's, you know, the, the joy and the positivity is no better than your fear or your discomfort. And we actually need to embrace all parts of ourselves and love all parts of ourselves. So there is a lot of power in willing, in being willing to face the limiting beliefs that are arising to actually get in there, put them out on paper and, and, and face them and feel them and clear them. There's a lot of power in going into our bodies and sitting with our uncomfortable emotions when they arise rather than trying to skip over them. Because when we actually properly feel them and face them, then we're clearing them out of our energy system rather than just sort of painting a pretty picture over the top of them, pretending they're not there. Mm. So yeah, it is. It's equal parts. Focus on what you want, but be willing to face those dark spots inside of you where there's maybe some things working that you need to clean up yeah so do you have any tools as a life coach for accessing those limiting beliefs because I think that sometimes people don't even know what they are Mm, that's a beautiful question I think there's a couple of things I would pay attention to any area of life where things aren't flowing like where you feel stuck and you just keep maybe manifesting the same challenge over and over or you're bumping up against the same thing. So, for example, for me with this Facebook Live, I did them um, last year, but then I hadn't done one for about six months. And as I was going to jump on yesterday, I really had to look at what is currently stopping me. So when you find an area of your life where you feel held back, where you're not stepping forward into where you're being called to go, where there's something you're you're not doing, then you can be like, oh, there must be some type of limiting belief in here or something that I'm telling myself that's fear-based, that's protecting me and keeping me safe where I am, but also keeping me stuck. So mm. you might look at areas of your life that feel like they're not working or things aren't flowing and maybe just ask yourself that question, what do I believe about this or what's currently holding me back? What am I telling myself? What is the fear that that's sitting here for me and sometimes these are challenging questions to ask but I find it powerful just write it on your journal in your journal as an open-ended question and just be patient and just sit with it for a bit maybe even just start writing and just see what flows out it's amazing when you ask these questions how the floodgates of the subconscious start to open up and just pour information out for you if you're willing to listen And I also encourage people to pay attention to, like I said before, their feelings. So if you ever have a sensation manifesting in your body, like a knot in your stomach, heaviness on your shoulders, you're grinding your teeth, you're tight, your chest feels tight, you just feel heavy and flat, that's the body communicating to you. That's your body trying to get your attention that there's something for you to listen to. And I actually find if we can go into the body sensations, there's often limiting beliefs and fears trapped in there energetically in our body. 
So pay attention to any time where your body feels contracted or heavy and and maybe ask yourself, what, what have I been thinking in this moment that might have been creating that feeling? Or even just intuitively putting your hand on that part of your body and asking yourself, what's this feeling about? Mm. What is this about? And it's amazing how the wisdom of the body starts to communicate to you. Yeah, and accessing that curiosity, I think, as well. Mm. I think a lot of the times we just kind of suppress stuff. We're like, oh, that doesn't feel good. I might yes. not go into that. <laughs> And that's why we stay really busy. I see it in the women I work with all the time when I'm holding space for them and I'm saying, let's drop in deeper. Let's go into this space where there's this feeling and I can either see their heads trying to pull them out. So they're going into thinking mode, um, trying to pull themselves out of the feeling or in general, I can just see their energy system is so kind of amped up that it's even difficult to get them into their body. And that's, you know, we're living in this world where we're so overstimulated and we're on social media all the time. We're just getting pulled outwards constantly and it's very difficult for us to be able to really slow down and get into our bodies and feel and hold space for that intuition. It's, it, it's a challenging practice, which is why I love to teach people how to do it. Yeah, beautiful. So, uh, you know, as two women who run primarily online businesses, mm. how do you think we can drop into that space of being authentic, slowing down, um, sharing but not oversharing, um, mm busy but not too busy you know it, it's a bit it's a bit of a juggling act and yeah. so I'm just wondering the ways in which you check in with yourself yes. to know that you are still radiating the authentic version of you while still being able to promote a successful business yeah beautiful question I would say there's no perfect answer or set of rules to this and I would say I'm definitely not perfect at it all the time so I don't want sort of people to strive for a vision of themselves thinking where they've got it where they're just like mastered this balance thing because I still really struggle with it but you you touched on it perfectly when you said it's a practice of checking in and not many of us are checking in mm. and and even to, for you to pause and think, anyone who's listening, how often do you check in with yourself? You know, we're so great at checking in on other people. Hey, just thinking of you, how are you? <laughs> but we're not doing that for ourselves very often. And when we do take a moment, and even if you do it at little points through your day, anytime there's little intersections in your day from um, getting up from your desk or going into the kitchen to make a cup of tea or going to the bathroom or going on your lunch break, these little moments where you can just pause, take a deep breath and just check in and be like, hey, so where are you at right now? Like, how are you feeling? Is your energy tight and tense or do you feel relaxed and at ease? Are you breathing quite shallow or are you breathing deeply? Is there any tenseness in your body at the moment? Are you hungry? Are you tired? What are you feeling? And it's a beautiful way to just check in. And I think that's the only way I've, I practice this because particularly as women, we are different all the time. We're not like men. Our energy is not as consistent. We have menstrual cycles. We have the moon cycle. We have just being a woman. And, <laughs> and our needs constantly change, constantly. How we feel constantly changes. So self-love and self-care is not a rule book. It's 
you checking in with yourself constantly and being like, oh, where am I at right now? How am I feeling? What do I need? And I do that for myself all the time. And I notice where my energy's at. So sometimes if there's a big wave of energy, I'll be like, beautiful, I want to ride this and go and create and go and work. And then if I notice myself hitting a wall, I'll check in and I'll be like, how are you feeling, Connie? Where are you at? And it might be like my body might say, I'm just hungry. I need to go for a walk. Or it might say, not time to step away. I just want to go have a bath. So it's that beautiful practice of listening to yourself. I really, if there's anything I want to teach people more than anything else, it's listen to yourself, create space to listen to yourself and then give yourself what you need. Love yourself enough to actually meet your own needs for yourself. Self-care is not a morning ritual. It is a moment-to-moment practice of listening to yourself and Yes, having a toolkit of practices of things that you know really help you, but knowing you might need different things each day. I love the conversation you Mm. are having with yourself and even calling yourself by your name. (laughs) I think it's it's really special. Like I've also started doing that and checking in with myself and also complimenting myself. You know, if I do something (laughs) that I'm really proud of, I say, well done, George. Like, well yeah. done. That was awesome. You know? Yes. And I think we, we all have self-talk, but unfortunately, a lot of it is negative. So it's really nice to be able to balance it with affirmation and confirmation and compliments. Yes. And, and I love the way you're saying, like, speak to yourself in the way, almost like your friends would as well. Yeah. You know, I just did a program launch a few days ago for Slow Down and Tune In. And at the end of the day, I looked in the mirror and I, I said, big day, Con. Love you. Super <laughs> proud of you. Yeah. Super proud of you, Con. Like the way that like one of my best friends would talk to me. And it was so nice and mm. so comforting. And um, yeah, exactly. When, when something's going on for me, I'll often sit down and be like, okay, Con, what's going on? Talk to me. What's going on? And then I just start talking out what I'm feeling. We can be these incredible coaches and counsellors and best friends for ourselves. Totally. We spend the most time with ourselves. Yes. Than oh, this relationship else. with ourselves is everything. It's yeah. everything. Yeah, and it's, it's forever. It's not a sometimes friend. <laughs> yes unfortunately never goes away (laughs) yeah no there when we're sleeping um so Connie (laughs) you have turned all of this beautiful wisdom I feel like I've just sat through a coaching session um which I hope everyone else at home has as well because it's for free and it's been very insightful but you totally free (laughs) you have turned all of this wisdom into an online offering can you tell us a little bit more about that Yeah, so this course, Slow Down and Tune In, really came about as I was reflecting a lot on the things that I've been practicing in my life over the past eight years. I had a real turning point when I was 28 and kind of went from this place where I was partying, taking drugs, I had an eating disorder, I was also um, engaging in self-harm, so I was cutting myself as a way of dealing with my anxiety, so I had no toolkit of practices at all and I was just avoiding myself and feeling Um, and you know over the past eight years I've been practicing this very different way of living and I'm in a space now where I know how to be so in tune with myself and listen to myself and take care of myself and have have ways to support myself when I'm not feeling well so I really put that all into this course and it's this whole journey of 
the slowing down is the first part because I don't feel that you can really do the inner work unless you've created some space and you've calmed down your mind and you've dropped in a little bit deeper into connection with yourself. So that's really the first part of it and giving people a lot of these practices to be able to look inward, start looking inwards a little bit more and listening and feeling and, and creating space. I also show people how to you know, support themselves through these challenging emotions, feel what's going on in your body and unpack maybe some of the, the limiting beliefs and the, the things we learned as children, get clear on what's holding you back and work through some of those mental patterns of control and judgment, all that stuff as well. And then the intention is to bring people really into connection with their heart and their intuition and their body so they can access their inner wisdom because we're always being guided. And I've come to realize this throughout my life that the guidance is always there, but unless I'm creating the space for it and unless I have ways to slow down my mind, I can't hear any of it. So I really want to teach people how to start to live their life from their intuition and their inner wisdom and their heart, which means they can create a life that's really driven by love rather than needs, obligations and shoulds, um, where you're really in tune with yourself and you're following your inner, inner guidance at all times. Yeah, beautiful. So if people want to find out more about this course, I know it kicks off quite soon, doesn't it? When, when, when's kickoff date? We're starting on August 5th and enrollments are open until the 2nd of August just to give people who are late joiners a little bit of time to do their pre-work. So for this round, it will be yeah closing on the 2nd, but next year uh, I might at some stage open her up again. They can go to ConnieChapman.com slash tune in, which is all one word, to find out more about the course. And if it resonates with you, I'd love to share the journey with you. Beautiful. I will put that link in the show notes. And if you are listening to this the day it comes out, August 2nd is only a few days away. So if you're interested, I suggest you click on that link today. Um, (laughs) Thank you for joining me for the second time today. What a pleasure. (laughs) I feel like you and I have chatted so much about so many things. I know. (laughs) And, you know, this is such a beautiful example of surrender. Like I really love this as an example of that. You just have to let go of your plan sometimes and just trust that there's a higher reason behind everything. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Actually, let's just tell the quick funny story of when I emailed you to tell you this disastrous story. and ask you if you would be willing to reschedule on the same day. And you wrote back to me and you said, well, your email came through at 11.11. So yes, <laughs> let's do it again. <laughs> yes, it was so interesting to see that happen. And I thought, oh my goodness, there's some, some divine orchestration behind this. I have no idea why, but Let's just trust that. The angel's giving us a nod. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what else? When you emailed me back, it was 11 minutes from when I emailed you. Oh, stop it. Yeah, because it said 11 <laughs> minutes ago and I was like, <gasps> yeah. oh, so you we, and I, girlfriend, have got some divine things going on. No, it's very exciting. But there were there was some beautiful um, pearls of wisdom that came up in this second recording that I'm so glad we got to explore because we didn't get to talk about it the first time. See, it's perfect. It's always perfect. Perfection. Perfection. All right, my love. Well, have a beautiful night. Thank you. You too. And um, I will talk to you soon. Hopefully not again in the next <laughs> few hours. <laughs> I won't record the next time we do. Okay. It can just be between you and I. 
All right. Thanks, sweetheart. (laughs) You're welcome. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you share it with your friends. If you know someone who would benefit from listening to it, don't deny them the pleasure. You can either forward it straight from the podcast app. You can email them the link. You can send them to the blog or just tell them about it next time you're having a conversation. If you want to come and hang out with me on social media, you'll find me on Instagram at The Inspired Table, or we now have a Facebook group. Just search The Inspired Table Podcast and that should come up. And I have one last thing to ask of you. If you feel compelled, I would love you to leave me a rating or review on iTunes. What those ratings and reviews do is they help me rank better on the iTunes charts. And the better that I rank, the more people listen to the podcast. I would be so grateful. Thank you in advance.